everybody. Welcome to another episode of Topical Brainstorm. Uh, we are still going through the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. And we're getting close to the end. Uh, but before we get more into that, my name is Christian Larson, and this is my co-host, Garrett Fox. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing well. Were you not talking to me? No, I, I definitely yeah. was. I was talking to the to the person I know would respond. <laughs> okay. It's still always a little unclear to me, but <laughs> I should just get over that. But hello, audience. How are you doing? <laughs> Garrett, they can't hear you. I know. That's why I, <laughs> that's why I always talk to you. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, good. Good to hear from you. It's been... It's the end of Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, yeah. Did you, did you eat some good food this Dude, weekend? I did. I had some turkey. We did a, another little Friendsgiving here. Oh, yeah? With your roommates um, and stuff? Yeah, we kept it to like a limited number of people this year because last year we had like 30. <laughs> <laughs> so this year we had about 10. But uh, we had, you know, we had some ham had some turkey, had some yams, and then I went home this past weekend as well. Or yeah, on Thursday obviously for Thanksgiving and had some more some more good food, man, except for I packed all these leftovers and then I left them at my parents' house. So, uh, I'm a little upset. That is a bummer. Yeah. How's yours? It was good. We actually didn't have a traditional Thanksgiving meal. Sad. Because <laughs> We couldn't really get together with, you know, extended family. Yeah. And uh, no one really wanted to go through the work of cooking a turkey. That's... And so, yeah, which I'm fine with. I mean, turkey's not my favorite part of the meal anyway. Yeah. I did. I was missing out a little bit on, you know, mashed potatoes, ham, rolls, gravy, stuffing, all that Uh. good stuff. But... But I still had some good food. We made enchiladas on Thursday, and then we had Hawaiian Hawaiian food yesterday in another Thanksgiving nice. celebration. So, yeah, still had some good food. Had some really good family time. So it was good. That's good. Yeah. On uh, my other podcast, we have an episode coming out where we talk a lot about Thanksgiving foods, and we like rank different foods and stuff. <laughs> It's a lot of fun. Nice. And that yeah. podcast is called? Deeper Thinking. Yeah, go give it a listen. It's it's entertaining, <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. It sure it sure is. All right. Uh, glad you had a good weekend. And um, let's jump into the chapters for today. So let's do it. We are in the final part of this book, which is titled The Part... Part four is be a leader, how to change people without giving offense or arousing resentment. And we're going to cover it in three episodes. So we're going over multiple chapters again today, three chapters to be exact. And the first chapter, the principle is begin with praise and honest appreciation. Garrett, what did you get out of this chapter? I liked this chapter. Um, So it talks about, uh, so the title of the chapter is, if you must find fault, this is the way to begin. So it talks about how to criticize people in a a way that, um, like, 
like you said, doesn't arouse. Uh, what did you say? It, um, without giving but, offense or arousing resentment. Yeah. Um, and you know, if you're gonna criticize someone, if you absolutely have to, which apparently something I've learned from this book is that you don't always have to. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you know, you can sympathize with them and and just figure out why why they did what they did or why they think the way that they do. But if you absolutely have to criticize someone, um, you should do it by first laying out things that you think they're good at or that you appreciate about them. Mm-hmm. For sure. I, I thought it was a good reminder of something that you said to me earlier this week when we, when we discussed these chapters just a tiny bit, but you said it was something that's common sense, you know? Yeah. Which is true. Even, you know, no one likes to be, to be criticized harshly and very few people like truly like to be criticized at all, you know? Even, I think even very, very humble people who, you know, we're all striving to be humble and be able to accept criticism. I think that's something most people want to say or believe that they can do pretty well, you know, is, is accept criticism. But um, even if we have that state of mind, it's very easy to get just a little hurt when you have to receive criticism from somebody, you know, especially if it's a boss or a superior in some way. So I think this chapter was, like you said, it was a really good reminder of just how to how to start with the good if you do have to uh, criticize someone or give someone negative feedback. And I liked the little example he used at the end about Novocaine. Yeah. He just said how a dent, beginning with praise is like a dentist who begins his work with Novocaine. The patient still gets a drilling, but the Novocaine is pain-killing. That was a, a pretty good example of how a good compliment or a sincere, uh, a sincere statement about something good that this person does or or has done, uh, goes a long way in helping that person receive the criticism in a less negative light. Yeah, and I think it's very important because I mean, as as good as I want to think that I am at accepting criticism. Like, I do get hurt when I hear that. And other people, like, if I get hurt, why wouldn't other people? So that that Novocaine that you're giving them really allows them to take that criticism and actually it, it allows them to be able to do something with it. Instead of just being hurt, it allows them to actually accept the criticism and want to be better at whatever it is that was criticized Mm -hmm. for sure. And I, I know we're going through three chapters and, and we'll, we'll kind of do them separately, but I think this one connects to chapter two a ton. So I think I'm just going to bring that one into the discussion right now. And chapter two is basically about when you do have to call attention to somebody and their mistakes, try to do it indirectly. Yeah. And, and the title is, is How to Criticize and Not Be Hated for It. Um, it's basically the idea of, you know, if you have to criticize somebody or something that somebody does, try to find a way to do it where they, they don't even realize they're being criticized. Yeah. Um, and 
one part I like about this that that connects to the previous chapter or the chapter one. He talks about how, and I'll basically lay out an example. It's it's like when someone comes up to you and they're like, you know, Garrett, you did this really well today, but you can just tell by their tone of voice that there's going to be a but, you know, yeah. they're going to be like, but you made this mistake. Yeah. And Dale Carnegie's advice is, is to avoid doing that, which, you know, I think, I think that statement, that but statement is, is kind of step one in this principle. It's like, that's better than him not giving any compliment. Yeah. But if you can tell by the tone of voice that he's just about to tell you something you did wrong, you're not even going to be listening to the compliment anyway. I agree. Um, and that's, that's very, you know, I think that's a very simple or common trap that I fall into. And I think a lot of people do is a lot of us know, you know, a lot of us have heard, like, if you're going to criticize someone or maybe, maybe it's so common that everyone just feels this way. But if you give someone a compliment, it's supposed to make the criticism better, right? Like that's something that yeah. most people understand. But I think most of us implement it in this way, you know, where we're like, oh yeah, you did that really good, but, and it it makes it seem so that the compliment that you gave was insincere. Yeah. Because it was just a way to get to the criticism. So instead of using but, how do you how do you do that then? So that, I mean, that's the hard part. That's something I'm still trying to figure out. But he does give a little example in here. It's just an example of a parent talking to his son about his grades. And the first case is, is he goes, we're really proud of you, Johnny, for raising your grades this term. But if you had worked harder on your algebra, the results would have been better. And then the revised version is, we're really proud of you, Johnny, for raising your grades this term. And by continuing the same efforts next term, your grades can be even better. Yeah. Um, Honestly, I really like the using and instead of but. I think that would work most of the time. Yeah, I if think If you you're say, right. like, uh, if someone, wait, what was the example you just said to me? It was, Garrett, you did this really good today. It was a vague example. Let's oh, say you, gotcha. you were really nice to customers today, but... You yeah. failed to whatever. <laughs> if you say and instead of but and say and the nicer you are, like the easier it's going to get or something like that, then it just change. Find a way to flip that but to an and and it makes the compliment seem way more sincere. I agree. I think, yeah, like taking the example of, of you at work, right? It would be... I think an example would be, I can tell you really focused on being friendly to customers today. And if you, if you use that focus throughout all parts of your work, you're going to be doing a great job, you know, something yeah. like that, which I think that connects to a principle we talked about recently where it's kind of setting up a goal, right. Or making it, making it a competition, you know, yeah. it's like you're giving someone a goal to aim at by saying, and if you keep that up and, and do whatever, you'll get even better, right? You're, you're really setting up an expectation and a goal that doesn't come off as if you are already disappointed, but comes off as if you see potential in somebody. Yeah, which I, I agree. Think is, I think is awesome. Yeah. I think, I mean, there's so many ways to call attention to, to things people are doing wrong. 
without directly even just calling him out, you know? I really love the example it gave of, I think it was Charles Schwab who saw a bunch of his factory workers outside smoking on like a designated no smoking area. Mm-hmm. So he walked over to them instead of just like jumping down their throats and criticizing them. He, he gave them all each a cigar and was like, Hey, I'd really appreciate it. If you guys smoked these on, on the other side, you know, on the other side of the fence over there. If you do stuff like that, when you offer criticism, mm-hmm. there's no way, there's no possible way that people can hate you. Yeah. And that, I like, plus, I think the criticism is taken, it's it's not even really criticism at that point. It's really just like, I, I don't, I don't even know what you'd call it. I mean, obviously it's criticism in a roundabout way, but it's so roundabout that you can almost construe it as it being something else. Just you being a nice guy, following, helping people follow rules, you know? Mm-hmm. For sure. And as I said, this, this section of this book is, is titled How to Change People Without Giving Offense, right? Yeah. So that's, that's a great example of how he, he was able to get more respect and still enforce a rule that he had at the same time. Which, as, as there have been countless examples in this book, a lot of times managers come in Guns a blazing is a phrase that you've you've taught me to use <laughs> in this have podcast. I, have I said that a lot? No, I think you will. I think you said it once, and oh. I liked it, and so I find myself <laughs> saying it most episodes. I feel like but. that's funny. Yeah. For, uh, irregardless, <laughs> it's just help. a good way to not hurt anyone's pride. You know, find ways to enforce the rules and change behavior without directly calling someone out for it and uh all the better you know i agree that's really i feel like what this this whole these whole three chapters are about is like just keeping people's pride in in, intact while you make them better you know Mm -hmm. and it's hard to do it's definitely hard to do but if you can do that, people will see you as not only a great person, but a great leader. Yeah, for sure. Um, can I bring in chapter three? Yeah, go for it. Okay. So the, the title of this chapter is called Talk About Your Own Mistakes First. And the principle is talk about your own mistakes before criticizing the other person. Um, I just think that that's like, that goes a long way when, when someone's screwing up or doing something wrong, you've probably done the same thing at some point when you were brand new at whatever, whatever it is that they're screwing up the first time you did it, you sucked too. So why not? Why, why keep this? Why allow them to think that you were perfect right off the bat? It it doesn't make any sense to me. Mm-hmm. For sure. This chapter reminded me of, of the principle we read earlier in this book about how people are only behaving 
based on the experiences they have, you know, yeah. and you would be behaving the exact same way based on if you had their same experiences and knowledge. And Dell kind of says that in this book. He's like, wait a second. He was about to criticize somebody, his niece to be uh, specific. And then he, he stopped for a second. And he was like, wait a second. I have 10,000 more. Uh, I have 10,000 times the experience she has. I have years of experience. I was way worse at what she's doing right now than she is right now when I started. Yeah. I didn't say that very eloquently, but you get the <laughs> idea. He he stopped himself and he realized, like you said, um, that he had made that mistake and worse mistakes plenty of times. And that allowed him to come into the situation um, in a much better way, still able to change her behavior, but doing it without insulting her, hurting her pride, or, or having to criticize her harshly. Yeah. I think very, yeah, very rarely... Um, do you actually need to criticize someone in a harsh manner? Like you never have to do it harshly. Let's just say that. Like there are tons of ways to criticize people. And the ones that work are the ones that are done uh, not harshly. Mm -hmm. uh, as far as talking about your own mistakes, that really helps people when they're like, oh yeah. Um, I used to do that all the time this is how you you're supposed to do it this is this is the actual way you know like that helps people a lot just knowing that they're not the only ones that got it wrong mm -hmm. once or twice yeah for sure looking back on on my work experience i've really only ever been at one job long enough to be on the experience side of things yeah, it was the job that I had most of the time that you and I were roommates where I was uh, creating material takeoffs based off uh, building floor plans. Yeah. And my my boss had created this pretty intense Excel document that did all these formulas that calculated things. And and uh, it was a pretty involved job, you know. I mean, there were a lot of simple plans that we did for very small homes that were that were pretty easy, you know, that a guy could come in and after a week of training, he could get it done and make pretty uh, few mistakes. But then there are also massive hotels that are hundreds of pages long and they take, you know, 12 to 14 hours of, of, of man time. And so there, what I'm trying to say is there was, there was a ton to learn and after being there for two years, you know, I had I had learned quite a bit. And by the time I left, I was I was the longest um, tenured employee or whatever that word is. I had been there longer than any of my coworkers, besides my boss, obviously. And so I kind of took on the role of of correcting a lot of these plans and reviewing them, which was not very fun, but I definitely had some coworkers who, you know, they were new. They were still learning a lot of things and and there were a lot of times when I had the opportunity to, you know, teach them something or try to explain something. And I I I wasn't very good at it. I think there was like one employee in specific, one of my coworkers who he just made like the same the same mistakes over and over again. And th that that was when I got a little frustrated, you know, cuz it was just like how is it that he forgets this over and over again? You know, 
Yeah. Um, but I definitely learned a lot about, you know, trying to come off in a humble way. And I think a big part of that was admitting your own mistakes, you know? Yeah. A lot of the times when I would have to explain something to someone, I'd be like, oh yeah, this, like, I didn't figure this out till I'd been working here for a year already, you know, just like something like that, which, you know, I, I would make sure it was something that was true. I didn't make stuff up like that. Yeah. But if, if you say something, even if it's small and sincere, you just put that person at ease because they're like, okay, he's not upset that I don't know this. Like it's, it's normal that I don't know this yet. Um, and I think that's a great way. It's something small, but I think that's a good tool that, that Dale Carnegie is, is explaining here that can definitely help uh, just ease the situation and make sure no one gets offended. Yeah, I agree. Um, I've kind of had that same experience at the pharmacy lately because a lot of the people that I started working there with have quit. Mm -hmm. um, the turnover rate is getting higher there which uh, I have my own thoughts about, but I will not bring them to this podcast. Um, but the, the higher the turnover rate gets, the, and the longer I've been there, the more I find myself being asked a lot of questions. And it's kind of annoying, <laughs> mm -hmm. but the, because of the stuff I've learned, I've been able to to see it in a new light where I'm like, well, they just don't know. Like, I didn't know either. Uh, mm -hmm. And I don't think I've ever actually told them that. I should probably tell them that. Maybe that's what I'll work on this week is like, oh, yeah, I didn't know this until until this has happened or until I'd screwed this up or, you know, something like that. Uh, it's just it's very interesting to see or to think though because you don't really know when you slip into that leadership role it just kind of happens like there's no very rarely is there like a given date you know <laughs> mm -hmm. unless you're like promoted to manager or something which i'm not yeah <laughs> but uh the longer you're, you're you do something the more comfortable you get with it the the more you'll be thrust into a, a position of leadership doesn't really matter what it is. So just uh, always keep that in the back of your mind, you know, just to that at one point you sucked too and you're still not the greatest. <laughs> yeah, that's sure. That's something that's kind of hard for me still is to like now that I'm one of the best ones there, just from the sheer fact that I've been there the longest, mm -hmm. sometimes it's hard to me, for me to realize I still suck at certain things. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, always be open to uh, taking criticism as well. <laughs> For sure. That's definitely important. And I agree, it's very easy to slip into that mindset of, I know everything now. I'm good at my job now. And, uh, stop learning stop progressing yeah. but I, I i have an interesting question for you if you don't mind go for it so if someone's criticizing you in like in a way that we haven't talked about in a way that's ineffective and just makes you feel bad how do you 
let them know that like how do you criticize them back letting them know that they're criticizing people in the wrong way um in a way that fits this this layout of criticism it's a good question i you know i'm imagining a scenario where this person is is my boss yeah because that's just what this scenario sounds like and and that's tough i've never really had a boss that was bad like that yeah <laughs> bad in that way i mean i've i've had some some coworkers at some construction jobs that were a little rude sometimes and i never really figured out how to how to deal with it um i de- there were definitely some times i got resentful and would just kind of avoid them you know, I think I think not everyone is open to learning, you know. If someone's not willing to listen to your input, it's going to be very hard to get to them. So the thing is, the, the bosses who, you know, have interviews or are looking for input or are consistently asking you what they could do better or what what you need, those ones are usually already pretty good at these things, you know. They already yeah. know how to handle people pretty well. Mm-hmm. So it's hard. I would, you know, I would think just try to be a good employee and look for an opportunity to, to bring it up with them or worst case scenario, the day you quit, you know, you think of a, uh, not a rude way, but a, <laughs> a way to get your message across. But yeah, I don't know. It's a tough one. Yeah. Just to be clear, uh, my bosses are also pretty good. Uh, I'm not ragging on them in any way. This hasn't actually happened to me too often. I I mean, it has happened where people have criticized me and I've just felt like garbage, you know? Yeah. And that's, like, I want to say that's on them. Obviously, I can't let things get to me in a negative way. That's on me. Mm-hmm. But if you, I guess really all I can say is, is this book helps you, um, or at least these chapters help you learn how to criticize people in a way that's constructive. And the only way other people can learn from you is maybe by seeing it in action. Yeah. And I do think that on the flip side, even if, even well, reading this book helps you to be the one getting criticized, right? I yeah. think just knowing I, these principles, knowing that like, oh, this person, may, maybe they're not being very diplomatic or tactful about what they're doing, but it doesn't mean that they're being, it doesn't mean that they're straight up terrible people, you know? Yeah. I think reading this book has, has gotten that point across to me as well. And I think that's yeah. helpful. Yeah, I, I, you're definitely right. I mean, most of the time when people do stuff like that, like if they're bad at criticizing people and do it in an ineffective way, it's usually because they don't know how. Mm -hmm. It's not usually because they they're terrible people. I mean, maybe occasionally they're they just suck and like to make (laughs) people feel bad, you know, but. I think most of the time it's just because they don't know how and that goes back to the chapter of. Uh, you know, understanding where other people are coming from. Mm-hmm. 
So For this sure. book ties in really well with itself. Like all the chapters tie in really well. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think... I think in five years from now, there are a few key principles from this book that I'll still remember really well that, that like you said, they kind of tie together everything, right? But yeah, the idea that everybody just wants to feel important and that everybody kind of just thinks about themselves most of the time, you know, like those two things, you can use that information to your advantage in, in a lot of situations um, <clears throat> to influence people for the better you know yeah i agree uh one last thing i i want to say about both these principles well all three chapters is again i think these i think these things need to be sincere yeah um as he's always said right but these things specifically um if you don't you know if you try to talk about your own mistakes or your own shortcomings but it but it doesn't come off in a humble way. It's, it's not going to be worth anything, you know, or if you try to compliment someone, but it doesn't come off sincerely, it's not going to get you anywhere. So, uh, when applying these things in any relationship or, or interaction, um, be sincere, just like always. And, uh, it'll work a lot better. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I don't have anything left to add. Uh, me neither. All right. Thanks for listening. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for listening to another episode. Uh, just a heads up. We're about to wrap up this book and we're going to be moving to some fun and important things. Uh, yeah. Somewhat of a new genre of yeah, what our sure. next book will be. So there'll be some changes, but hopefully they're good. <laughs> yeah, I hope so too. Uh, this could be a crash and burn kind of scenario. It or definitely it... could. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's the cliffhanger we'll leave you on. So thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you again next week. See you.